Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm by myself today, and it's not Charlie's fault. It's because it's Saturday right now. It's Saturday. We were going to do our normal Dumb Bleep of the Week episode. In fact, I had most of the stuff put together for it yesterday. And then the internet went out at our office because someone doing construction hit the line. But luckily, they were able to fix it pretty quick. And I decided, hey, I'm going to come in today and throw out some of these Dumb Bleeps. The live group isn't here because I didn't know for sure that I was going to be able to come in and do this. It's just me, just you, no live group, no Charlie. That means I will be voting on what the dumbest bleep of the week is. If you want to hang out live with us throughout the rest of the week when we are actually here and we are live, then go to joingml.com. That's joingml.com. That will bring you to our Discord channel, which is where we host all of our private conversations. We got a big community in here. We're all hanging out. We're throwing out news articles all the time, throwing out funny memes, talking back and forth with one another. We even have like an origin stories channel where you can tell everyone your story. We can all just become friends, you know? So if you want to join a community of like-minded people, as little as six bucks a month, you can hang out with us on our private Discord channel. And also, that's how we pay the bills here. And if you do want us to do this forever, then everyone's going to have to come and hang out with us. All right. That and our advertisers, of course. But hey, let's get into some dumb bleeps. There's not going to be as many as normal because I'm by myself. This is kind of impromptu for me this morning. But dumb bleep number one is going to go to Rashida Talib talking to the CEOs of the big banks and trying to get them to commit to not funding any new fossil fuel projects at all. Just a wonderful, great, splendid idea. Luckily for us, even though I'm sure a lot of you are not fans of like the CEOs of the giant banks, uh, luckily, I believe Jamie Dimon was the first one to speak up and say, mm -mm, no, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. So she wasn't too happy about that. Let's listen to that exchange. You have all committed, as you all know, uh, to transition the emissions from lending and investment activities to align with pathways to net zero in 2050. Do you know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our global 2050 net zero targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius? So no new fossil fuel production starting today. That's So that's like zero. So I would like to ask all of you and go down the list because, again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products, Mr. Diamond? Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relief many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it. Ms. Frazier, how about you? Uh, we will continue to invest in uh, and support clients who are investing in fossil fuels and in uh, in helping them transition to cleaner energies. And Mr. Uh, Monahan? We are helping our clients make a transition, and that means we're, we're lending to both oil and gas companies and to new energy companies and helping monitor their course towards the standards you're talking about. Yeah, Mr. Sharp. 
Uh, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the same thing as Mr. Moynihan said. Yeah, I, I'm not going to ask you, Mr. Diamond, because you obviously don't care about working class people in frontline communities <laughs> like ours that are facing huge amounts of high rates of asthma, respiratory issues, and so much more. Cancer rates are so high among my communities that I represent. So I'm not going to even ask you if you're committing to ending financing of new oil and gas projects. But Ms. Frazier, Mr. Monahan, Mr. Shea, we are living through a climate crisis today. And a commitment to net zero requires a commitment to ending fossil fuel financing. It is important because I want you all to know at the end, we're going to pay the cost of the public health impact. These are people that you're supposed to be serving, the folks that you're supposed to be providing and supporting in community. All right, Rashida. Great job. Now, once again, props to the CEOs, the big banks, just saying, no, we're going to we're going to keep doing this. Now, they do say that they're going to be monitoring and helping them transition over to cleaner energy. What she's saying is completely ridiculous, that they should all just stop giving any money uh, for investments towards new fossil fuels. And she talks about the ramifications, what people are going through. And obviously, these people just don't care about working class people. Of course, that's exactly what that means, except for the fact that if we were to completely stop all of our production or even new production of fossil fuels, um, I don't know. Look at what's happened with prices over the last year. Where do we get most of our power from? The green energy is not the solution yet. Maybe it will be someday in the future, but she does not see any alternative consequences to what she's throwing out there. She's talking about the damage that's being done to people right now, which uh, she has linked to climate change and not thinking about the damage that will be done to people if we just completely cease all of the operations or even investments in new operations to handle the fact that we are uh, an ever-growing, although slower, growth population. Terrible idea, Rashida. Just not good. And I am glad, like what Jamie Dimon said, that would be the road to hell for America. At least the people out there lending out the money know just how stupid that idea was. All right, that is dumb bleep number one. Like I said, I'm going to run through this pretty quick because I do have to go help a friend move today, which is one of the more fun things that you can do as a friend. So dumb bleep number two, we're starting off with just a couple real dumb stuff. Don't have a lot to say on this one, but it is ridiculous. Now, this week, the FDA coming out warning against the potentially deadly NyQuil chicken challenge. So I guess a PSA for everyone it's not a good idea to cook your chicken in NyQuil. I wanted to make sure everyone knows about that. For the New York Post, the FDA is warning against the social media challenge, which involves people coating their poultry in NyQuil. I just want to know one. I want to know one thing real quick. Does it taste? What's it? Does it taste good? Is it? Is it good? Does that make it better? What's the thing? I mean, you just cook it and NyQuil and you get really sleepy. You have the sleepy chicken and I, I, I don't get it, you know, but whatever. I guess I'm getting old. Who knows? It's called the NyQuil Chicken Challenge. Users on social media are covering their meat in NyQuil, which is you. Could you use DayQuil? That's what I want to know. I, I don't know. I don't know if that will work. Unsurprisingly, the FDA is warning that could have very dangerous outcomes, not just if it's ingested, but... From the cooking process, quote, boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and change its properties in other ways. The FDA explained in the warning, adding that even inhaling the medication vapors while cooking could cause high levels of the drugs to enter your body. The FDA noted the social media trend relied on peer pressure with online video clips of people misusing non-prescription medications and encouraging viewers to do so. 
Overdosing the NyQuil can cause symptoms such as seizures, severe dizziness, liver problems, and breathing problems, just to name a few, and can be potentially fatal. I don't want to come over real calloused on this or anything, but this is kind of one this is one of those situations where maybe we just need to let society work itself out, you know. Just let Darwin take the wheel on this one, if you know what I mean. Uh, maybe one of the problems is that all the people that are dumb enough to do this are going to get warned not to do it. And then we'll have to warn them against other dumb things in the future. Whereas in the past, people who were dumb enough to do stuff like this, well, they, um, they're not here. They're not here anymore. I don't want anyone to die. Listen, if you're out there thinking about cooking your chicken in NyQuil, maybe don't. Maybe just don't do it. We don't like death. So at the end of the day, I have to settle on the fact that we don't like death. And it's just a PSA for everyone. Don't cook the sleepy chicken. Don't do it. All right. Although I would like to hear a comment. If you have done it before, uh, reach out to us on Twitter at GoodAMLiberty. Let me know what it tastes like because I am interested. I have issues with sleep and possibly a little chicken snack before we go to bed could be a good idea. That's dumb bleep number two. How about number three? Go in the mat. Gats or Gates, I will continue to say Gats or Gates and say that I don't know how to say his name because I don't know how to say his name, and that is still the case. Let's just say Gats right now because I don't really care. He's calling for bombing Mexico, and he says he's not kidding. This is from the Daily Wire. Gats made the call for bombing Sinaloa, Mexico, home of the notorious Sinaloa drug cartel on Twitter in response to remarks that he made during a House Judiciary Committee hearing on Wednesday. This is a guy who is currently elected and running for re-election, says that we should bomb this place in Mexico, and he is not kidding. Here are some of his comments on the matter. There has been a discussion today of fentanyl, and it irks me every time I hear someone talk about fentanyl overdoses because no one overdoses on fentanyl because I don't think anybody really sets out to, like, score some fentanyl for a good time. I get why it's hard to get. So what he's saying is that people don't actually want fentanyl. It's being added to drugs without people's knowledge. I get why it's hard to keep cocaine from coming into the country. People in the U.S. like using cocaine. They seek it out. They pay high dollar amounts for it. And so that would be something hard to stop. But since people don't set out to use fentanyl since it's something we don't want in our country we should be totally capable of stopping it no you're not because you don't have control over the people that are making these drugs and we have no quality standards because they're getting made in other countries brought across the border you don't control over the manufacturing process uh, the users don't have any control over the manufacturing process. They don't have any choice over the manufacturing process. We'll get into more of that here in a sec. Here's some more of his comments. And the only reason we aren't is because we purposefully allow our border to degrade, not by accident, not because of the lack of capability or some unsolvable problem set, but because there are some groups on the right and left who think they will do better economically if we just let millions of people in the country. So now he's going to use of course, the border, and that is where stuff is coming in, so whatever. He then highlighted the clip on Twitter and wrote, Bomb Sinaloa, not kidding. I, he said not kidding. Like if, he, if he said that he said bomb Sinaloa and then later he said he was kidding, then that's one thing. He says not kidding. So that's dumb. The other thing, and I know that he is never going to come to this line of thinking, this libertarian line of thinking, but libertarians, I would say for the most part, believe that drugs should be legal, 
not because we like that people do drugs or we think that you should do drugs, but because we think that you should be able to make choices for yourself. All right, kind of goes along with the with the previous article about the Nike Will Chicken. You should be able to make these choices for yourself. And the problem is you make these choices now, but it's all illegal. What what happens when it's all illegal? Well, for it to be illegal, since it's illegal, it's created in another country by a drug cartel. They are putting fentanyl in some of the drugs to save some money. Basically, they're putting fentanyl in drugs. Some people argue that this is done maliciously sometimes, but that's not great business, I would say. Uh, but anyway, it gets created in another country. We bring it over. You have no idea uh, really where it came from. Uh, you don't know what went into it. And this is one of the arguments for legalizing the drugs. Once again, I don't think people should do drugs. I really don't. All right. Uh, I I understand why people do drugs. Totally get it. But as a libertarian, I do think that it's your choice to decide whether or not you're going to put harmful things into your own body. And as long as you don't harm other people, well, then that is your choice. If you harm other people, then we already have laws to address that situation, just like we do with alcohol. You can ingest alcohol. If you harm other people after you've ingested alcohol, we've got laws for that kind of thing. So you should be able to put whatever you want into your own body. Here's the problem. It's illegal. You don't know what went into it. You don't know who made it. You don't know where it came from. If it were legal, that would be totally different. You'd be buying it and it would have a name on the box. It would say Cocania right there on the box. And it would maybe give some ingredients. I don't know. It would give you where it was manufactured. There would be a company. There would be a business, a corporation linked to that. And that business, in an effort to keep their amazing brand, Cocania, going for the long term and continue to make money, well, they would have higher quality standards for their product that did not end up killing a bunch of the users of their product. I know that the cocaine could end up killing people or whatever the drug is that they're talking about. Yeah, you could end up killing yourself just like with alcohol or just like with cigarettes. But when it comes to putting in fentanyl in there, I think you would take care of that problem pretty quickly. So this is not something where you have to police the border or bomb a city in Mexico or a cartel in Mexico, you could just allow people to do this legally. I don't condone people doing it legally, but if it's going to be done, it would be much better. Matt Gatz gets dumb bleep number three. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I've done. Call the only precious metals dealers I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 
706-709-3080. That's 866-709-3080. Or text GML for Good Morning Liberty to 998-899. That's GML to 998-899. Or call 866-709-3080. Or text GML to 998-899. And there's a link in the show notes. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I went through a pretty big shift a few years ago. My music career was winding down at a time that I didn't want it to. I had a lot of social anxiety. I just didn't really know where I was going or what I was doing or what I even wanted to do. And I started drinking a lot. I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't actually dealing with any of the problems in my life. Something come along, I just focus even more on whatever those problems were and I just make them go away real easy. And the issue was when I never actually took the time to solve the problem, to figure out what was really going on, guess what? They never went away. They were always there the next day and it just got worse and worse. I finally went and talked to someone. You know, I went to therapy and they taught me some ways that I could actually solve those problems without drinking. Now, these days I'm over four years sober and whenever something comes along that makes me anxious or makes me upset, I don't just try to escape from it and I don't really dwell on it. I try to drill down and figure out what is it that I can do to actually solve this. So if any of these things are resonating with you and you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp, it really is a great option. Convenient, accessible, affordable, all online. You can do video calls. You do voice chat. You can just do text chat if you want to. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a quick survey and you can switch therapists anytime you want. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Number four goes to Catholics for Choice on Twitter. Catholics for Choice right here on Twitter. So they say the anti abortion movement the anti-abortion so the pro-life movement is rooted in white supremacy but y'all aren't ready for that conversation yet the pro-life movement or anti-abortion movement is rooted in white supremacy but y'all aren't ready for that conversation yet that's a really really dumb thing to say especially considering the person behind our massive abortion industry like Margaret Sanger with Planned Parenthood. I know that that gets brought up all the time, but these people are clearly, clearly ignoring it. The abortion movement. If you want to talk about something's roots, they said rooted in white supremacy. The abortion movement is rooted in white supremacy. And I went to, I found this article from USA Today. They're talking about Uh, people wanting to remove statues. This was written in 2020 at the time that we were uh, toppling a lot of statues. And they said that we need to remove statues from USA Today, remove statues of Margaret Sanger, the Planned Parenthood founder tied to eugenics and racism. And they're correct about that. And there's another, you don't have to go back to Margaret Sanger. You can go to just pure statistics on this if you want to, which we'll talk about here in a second. But they say for those identifying historical figures with racist roots who should be removed from the public view because of their evil histories, Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, must join that list. In promoting birth control, she advanced the controversial, quote, Negro Project, 
wrote in her autobiography about speaking to a Ku Klux Klan group and advocated for a eugenics approach to breeding for, quote, the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stocks. Not like stocks and bonds in the market or anything, but of people. Those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. In a 1939 letter to Dr. C.J. Gamble, Singer urged him to get over his reluctance to hire, quote, a full-time Negro physician as the, quote, colored Negroes can get closer to their own members and more or less lay their cards on the table, which means their ignorance, superstitions, and doubt. They would be more likely to talk to the abortion doctors if they were black, is what she is saying. Uh, Sanger urged Dr. Gamble to enlist the help of spiritual leaders to justify their, their work, writing, quote, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. In an article titled, A Better Race Through Birth Control, she wrote, given birth control, the unfit will voluntarily eliminate their kind. Birth control does not mean contraception indiscriminately practiced, Singer wrote. It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society. And then there are other statistics like the fact that, um, well, uh, minorities and uh, black women in particular are more likely to have abortions than white women. In fact, a a pretty big portion, I believe 40% or so, this article said, the, of the abortions are black women getting abortions and therefore there is a much higher rate of black people that are getting abortions than there are white people that are getting abortions and so how is that movement rooted in white supremacy literally getting rid of abortion having anti-abortion pro-life whatever if you didn't have that we're not having that argument today getting rid of abortion would lead to a increase, an increase in the black population, not a decrease. So how is it rooted in white supremacy? And they literally said it's rooted in it when you can trace this back to Margaret Singer for Planned Parenthood, and it was actually rooted, the abortion movement rooted in white supremacy. That's stumbling number four, Catholics for choice. How about this next one here? Now, you might want to watch the video to get the full the full image here. So you can go to our YouTube and watch the video. And I might cut up some stuff for some of our social media channels for this afterwards. Robert Reich III, he says, The wealth of the top 1% increased by $6.5 trillion last year. It's not radical to tax the rich. It's radical to let a small group of oligarchs hoard that much wealth. So there's a... It's kind of a two-parter here. Let's address the let's address the it's radical to let a small group of oligarchs hoard that much wealth. Now he said the wealth of the top one percent increased by six point five trillion last year. Uh, that is not a small group of oligarchs, according to the Tax Foundation. You got around a million people that are paying the top tax rate when it comes to income taxes, and just last year. Let's see, we got an article here from Business Insider saying the U.S. is adding millionaires at the fastest rate this century. 
2.5 new millionaires added in 2021, the year that Robert Reich is talking about. So he's talking about this and he's assuming that you're just going to think about Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and whoever else that's on the list, the Waltons or whatever. But he said the 1%. It's not, it's difficult, okay? It's not super easy to get into the 1%, but there's a lot of people that are in the 1%. And by the way, almost every single person in the United States is in the top 1% in the world. But that's none of my business, I guess. The wealth of the top 1% increased by $6.5 trillion, so he's leaving out the fact that he's talking about like at least a million people, maybe even more. But what about this whole stock market thing that's going on right now? People's wealth typically increases quite a bit with the stock market. That's a pretty good view of assets in the country. It's not perfect. It's not going to be matched perfectly. But when the stock market goes up a ton, people who are wealthy, typically their wealth is going up a ton at the same time. So he uses 2021, which is a brilliant, brilliant idea. The market went up pretty good amount in 2021 after we recovered from the COVID crash, went up to all time highs. All right. So that's great. Why are we just talking about 2021, Robert? Why are we doing that? Let me just show you here on the video. Like I said, you want to watch this on the video. Here's 2021. You can see I've drawn a box around 2021's increase for the stock market. And then the rest of it is this year. So we had a nice peak there at the end of 2021. This red box right there, well, that's what we've done this year so far. In fact... Right now in the market, currently, as of September 24th, 2022, the stock market is lower than it was in 2021, like the beginning of 2021. We erased all of the gains from 2021. They're all gone. So why is he just cherry picking 2021? But of course, he isn't mentioning the fact that we have erased in the market, which is a good view of all of the assets in the country. We have erased all of the gains from 2021. We are below 2021's starting levels right now. It really bothers me when people do this because you can always cherry pick a specific data set. For, for instance, uh, Amazon stock one day, they announced something, it went up 10%. And so we decided to say that uh, Jeff Bezos makes $30 billion a day, something like that. Now, look, Jeff Bezos, he makes $30 billion a day. That's great. Now he's well below that amount. He's below all the gains in 2021. Mark Zuckerberg, poor guy, I kind of feel bad for him. Jeez. Facebook is all the way down at the COVID lows. You remember that COVID crash that we had where the market went down like 35% in the span of two months or so? A little less than, I think it was six weeks it went down. Facebook stock is all the way down at the bottom of that crash. Not even 2021. They're at the bottom of the COVID crash that we went through. And so all of those wealth gains that people talked about, Musk has been about the only one that's held on to all of it. All of those wealth gains that we talked about have been erased. They're gone. These people are nothing more than just your typical door-to-door -door charlatans trying to sell you socialism. And what they mean is that they should be able to have more of your money. It's super annoying when people cherry pick their data sets like that. All right, next thing. 
And like I said, this is going to be a really quick episode. We're only 25 minutes in and we're at the last one. I'm not doing the whole thing today. I got stuff to do. All right. I'm sorry. It's Saturday. I got stuff that I got to go do. And I'm sure you do too. All right. This is one that I really wanted to talk about earlier in the week, but I was trying to save it for Dumb Leap of the Week. And I, I wish we would have talked about it sooner because, of course, everyone has talked about it by now. But it's, it's got to be mentioned. I'm actually here today doing this episode so we could talk about this. And specifically, the cover that's being run for Stacey Abrams right now. Now, before we even, I know that you've already heard the clip and everything, but before we even go over exactly what she said, we're going to start off by looking at this from people who are on the left. And we're going to view this situation as if we are someone who is on the left who gets their Huffington Post email sent to their inbox every day. And you heard that Republicans are all up in arms about something that Stacey Abrams said. Well, don't worry, everyone. We're here to explain it to you from the Huffington Post. Stacey Abrams enrages Republicans by citing science on fetal heartbeats. That is correct. That is the, that is the article headline. Stacey Abrams enrages Republicans by citing science on fetal heartbeats. They are mad, of course, about science because Republicans do not care about science. They are anti-science and the people on the left, well, they are pro-science. They make all of their judgments based on science, of course, and that is where we're going with this. George Democrat Stacey Abrams caused a stir among conservatives this week for repeating what medical experts have said about so-called fetal heartbeats at six weeks of pregnancy. That's all she did, y'all. She just repeated what medical experts have said about fetal heartbeats. And here's the quote that the Huffington Post decides to go ahead and fact check and base this article off of. They say, here, here's, the, uh, here's the quote from Stacey Abrams. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. Okay. Abrams, who is running a campaign centered on abortion access to unseat Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, said during a panel discussion in Atlanta on Tuesday. Now, she then says it's a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. The clip in a moment went viral after it was shared by a Twitter account run by... The Republican National Committee inflaming its followers, talking heads on Fox News, caster as an anti-science conspiracy theorist, conservative commentator. Megan McCain called her a very sick person, noting she heard her own child's heartbeat when she was six weeks pregnant. And Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas, a doctor known for spreading misinformation about abortion, wondered why do radical Dems hate unborn babies? Once again, from the Huffington Post. But according to gynecology experts, Abrams is correct in saying there is no heartbeat at six weeks. At that stage, the embryo's development, the chambers and valves of the heart, the opening and closing of which create the heartbeat sound don't exist yet. Abrams was arguing against the use of the fetal heartbeat for abortion legislation. A rhythmic noise can be heard via an ultrasound machine at six weeks. But according to the American College on obstetricians and gynecologists, it's clinically inaccurate to use the word heartbeat to describe that sound. So what we're basically talking about right now are semantics. So we're going to go about the rest of this article, by the way, is whether or not there is an actual heartbeat. 
What they say is that there are no chambers of the heart developed at the early stage of pregnancy, and this word is used to describe, so there is no recognizable heartbeat. What pregnant people, because there's no valves and chambers of the heart, what we use to call a heartbeat that doesn't exist. An embryo is not developed enough to be called a fetus until around 10 weeks, and it's not until 17 to 20 that the chambers of the heart have been developed and can be detected via ultrasound. Uh, let's see, Dr. Verma in Atlanta explained in April that the sound people hear during ultrasounds at six weeks of pregnancy is manufactured by the ultrasound machine. Manufactured by the ultrasound machine. Quote, it's an electrical pulse that's translated into the sound we're hearing from the ultrasound machine. There's truth and fiction associated with this. I don't know if you guys know this about sound, and I'm going to have to question whether or not we're really here right now, but everything that you're hearing me say at this moment is an electrical impulse that has been translated by your device. I don't want to freak you out, but I'm not in your car talking right now. I'm not actually inside of your headphones. That's not what's happening. There is a sound that has been translated electronically and that is now being translated back out by the speakers and whatever device it is that you are using. I hate to tell you, I'm not actually there with you right now. In, in my heart, I'm there with you right now, but I'm not really there. What you are hearing is an electrical pulse that has been translated into the sound that you are currently hearing. I'm going to give you a moment to digest that information while we play what uh, Stacey Abrams actually had to say. I forgot we haven't played the clip yet. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. There is All right. So you could talk about whether or not it's a heartbeat. Maybe the heart is not fully developed at that time. You could say, okay, well, that's not a heart beating. There's just a pulse that's happening. Can we just call it a pulse? Would that be fine? An ultrasound machine is taking whatever movements, whatever sounds it's finding in there as it's bouncing sounds around. And yes, it translates them back into sounds. That's what it always does. That's, that's most of the sounds that you hear that aren't right there in the room with you. They're, they're all just a electronics translated through a speaker system to represent whatever that was. Okay. Now they're going over semantics here. Well, there's no valves in the heart. They're not opening and closing. That's not what's happening, but there is a pulse happening at that time. And the ultrasound takes that pulse that is making a sound. And then it plays them back through the speakers for you, for you to hear. Now that's the argument that they would like everyone to get caught up in everything that we've talked about. What about the rest of it? What about the insane conspiracy theory that she's actually throwing out there? It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. So let me just get this right. The, uh, the ultrasound people. And all the doctors that have been using this for a long time, they got together, a bunch of men. They all got together with one another. And they said, hey, here's what we want to do. Is people making the ultrasound to, you know, the guy running the company and then the person who's actually designing the, this software and everything for it. Here's what I want you to do. 
Oh, when we put this ultrasound device down on here, at that moment, what I want you to do is I want you to create this sound. And the guy's like, why do you want me to create this sound? Like, well, this woman currently, she thinks that she should have control over her own body. And I'm on a mission right now at, at Ultrasounds R Us uh, to convince women that men actually have the right to control their body. And I think that creating this fake heartbeat sound, and we're going to call it a heartbeat that way later on, they could, you know, maybe, maybe they can argue with this. I don't know. Should it be called a pulse? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's just call it a heartbeat, whatever. It's going to make this sound. I want you to write this in here. Okay. It's going to make this sound. And then that sound is going to let women know that men should have control over their bodies. All right. And then everyone who makes the ultrasound machines and all the doctors who uh, use those to do tests and imaging and all that, they're all in on it too. Of course, every single one of them at the same time, all working for that same goal. I don't know. Maybe the doctors don't know about the evil software code that's written into the machine or whatever it is. Maybe they're not aware of it. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> Stacey Abrams also, you know, said that she wasn't going to say she lost the election. She refused to say that she lost her election. Uh, she said that it was all voter suppression. She is someone who says crazy stuff, and she's uh, pretty big, uh, which is fine. It's fine to be a conspiracy theorist when, when you want to. That's fine if you want to be a conspiracy theorist. But I guess the bigger problem here is when you treat other people who have theories about things like they're crazy because they have conspiracy theories that sometimes turn out to be true, sometimes don't, all right? Or when the media wants to come in and run cover for you because you're a Democrat that's running for governor against a Republican that they already said that you beat the last time, even though you lost by 50,000 votes. When the media decides to come out here and run cover for you, what about what Twitter, the, the funny part is, is that Twitter completely skipped over this whole thing. Let me grab what Twitter had to say about this. I forgot to actually put it in the uh, in the show notes today give me one second here but it shows you why you know i don't want elon musk to be forced to buy anything that he doesn't want to buy okay i get that i don't want him to be forced into doing it but i do think that there's a pretty good bright side to elon musk getting forced into buying twitter i'll just put this over here on the screen as my email client right there here's what showed you when you know they get to write their own little paragraph underneath whatever it is that's trending so they can explain to people why this person is trending right now. And so you see Stacey Abrams trending on Twitter and it says, Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams said there is no such thing as a fetal heartbeat at six weeks of pregnancy. And doctors agree one doesn't exist during this early stage of pregnancy, reports from NBC News and NPR confirm. Now in this little description that they put, of course they didn't mention that she also said the sound you hear on an ultrasound was manufactured by men in order to gain control over women's bodies. I understand there's limits to how much they can put in that little paragraph, but this is their description. Maybe people were freaking out for the most part that she also said that sound was fake and manufactured by men to control women's bodies. I don't know. That could also be part of it. Maybe not. Who knows? 
anyway, that is the last dumb bleep of the week. I know that there's a lot of other good stuff that could have been in this episode, but I got stuff to do today. Uh, Charlie's not here, and it's always more fun to be bouncing stuff off of one another. So how do we do the voting? Well, this, uh, I, I get to be uh, an authoritarian dictator Finally, for a day, Stacey Abrams wins Dumb Bleep of the Week because this needs to go into the end of the year tournament, of course. There were some other, there were some other really good things, all right? Each one of these is really good, and there were probably about five other things I was going to talk about today, but as I've already mentioned, I'm not going to, so... You got that. Stacey Abrams wins Dumb Bleep of the Week. Listen, everyone, if you want to go get yourself a God Hates Feds t-shirt, then go to GodHatesFeds.com, GodHatesFeds.com. And please come hang out with us at JoinGML.com. It takes you to our Discord channel. You can use PayPal or a card or whatever for this uh, Discord verified, PayPal verified payment processor, okay? It's nothing shady, nothing like that. It's $6, okay? It's $6. And you get to hang out with us live, talk to us during the show. I don't know if you guys listen, but we talk back and forth with the people that are watching live every day. And those people uh, end up changing our show. It's way more fun when there's people in there talking to us so we can respond to them. Sometimes it changes the entire direction of the show. So if you want to come in, ask questions, make comments, make fun of Charlie, do all that stuff, then hey, Go do it. If you're not going to do that, then you could at least leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app it is that you're using. Tell a friend or a family member, share it to them through text message or on your Facebook or whatever. Go to our social media pages and hit like and share and subscribe and follow and comment and whatever all the other buttons are. Hit every button that's on the page. Do every single one of them. And if you guys do all those things, and we'll be right back here on Monday. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.